0: pretty sure we already have but i i've introduced you to a dog with a sign right a few months ago
1: it sounds vaguely familiar
0: yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a link in the, the chat pod um okay so it's a it's a, it's a female terrier named a uh, boy and she, she just puts amusing things on a cardboard sign <laughs> i shared this right
1: yeah, I think, yeah, I guess you've, I think you shared the, um, stop trying to conmari my toys post.
0: Yeah. And she had, and, uh, my boy had a really good one where it was, uh, Puppuccinos or just whipped cream. And it was pretty <laughs> good. So right outside of Starbucks, this was in the pre social distancing days. But uh, the reason I bring this up is I want you to help me out here. Do me a favor. I need you to train Branson and I want to know if he can hold a sign. That and you, and if you can write on it, stop putting episodes of random shit in the daily feed. And yeah, if you could do that, that'd be great. I, I want to know. I want to get your take on this because here's okay. The daily in the past, maybe once every couple of months, they would drop a, an unrelated thing. And they they as a in terms of as as far as big media goes, the New York Times and the Daily were better about that than most. There was that weird period in like 2017 where they kind of uh, side loaded that whole caliphate podcast but ever since like quarantine started they've been dropping like four episodes of completely unrelated stuff in the
1: daily feed so the the thing that's been strange about it too is that they've framed it in a way that's like we're going to give you content over the weekend that's that's unrelated to the uh coronavirus situation.
0: But was that ever stated in audio? Cuz I've only seen that in the description. I never heard I never heard Barbaro say that.
1: He he has mentioned it sort sort of offhandedly. But I guess the um the critique I have of that is that it seems like what they post on Friday and what they post on Sunday generally is a more kind of lighthearted um sort of um show. But then in between on Saturdays, they post episodes of this new series they're doing, Rabbit Hole, which I haven't started listening to, but have read a little bit about and sounds horrifically depressing. Well, so... And
0: here's the thing, but it's got a friend of the show, Kevin Roos, is, is the host of it. So that's where I, that's the one drop-in item where I, I haven't listened to it either just because my, my podcast, debt, I, don't know, I don't know what you did where you did some type of CDO thing where you somehow transferred all your podcast debt to me. Like I have so <laughs> much unlistened to stuff.
1: That was part of the uh, that was part of the cares package actually.
0: Oh, did uh hit you up with that? You and Goldman, everybody just kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, so like I've been I've been meaning to listen to that, but it's just kind of I don't know. There's like three like I always because the issue is that I haven't been listening because my whole routine is broken and I don't commute anywhere. Even though I had a fairly short commute before, I just I'm out of the routine where the daily gets listened to in the evenings or not at all. Like, and I sometimes get lapped on it and like, I have like two days banked up. So to see all this unrelated stuff kind of is a huge bummer. And then also, you remember about like a month or two ago, they bought a company called Autumn. You you hear about that?
1: Who Who is they and who's Autumn?
0: Uh, the New York Times company bought a company called Autumn, A-U-D-M. Which is a th- a company? I forget what the, like what their mission statement or what what they're supposed to do. But basically, they like professionally record long form articles that appear in news publications for audio consumption. Mm. And like, again, it's interesting. But that's where if you look at the daily feed and you look at um, the Sunday read and kind of the the non like like the the lighthearted stuff that they put in there. At the bottom of the, of the little show notes thing, it says that it, it's brought to you by Autumn and a whole bunch of stuff. So that's where I know that those being dropped in there is not like just a, oh, hey, let's give some people a fun to watch. It, it is a cross-marketing whole thing because it's a company that they just bought. Got it. I don't know. So it bums me out. And there's, there's a lot of um, podcast companies that do this, like Gimlet and a few others have been very... Um, active in just you think there's a new episode of a show that doesn't come out all that often and no it's just some random other entirely unrelated podcast so like oh yeah we want to give you a sneak peek of this thing you didn't want to hear and i don't know i just i i I just feel bummed that that's what the daily feed is right now but i think that's just a commingling of a whole bunch of my other uh i think it's a therapist would call it projection and it's my it's more of my (laughs) um or transference or whatever of where i'm 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 projecting my Uh, anxieties about podcast debt onto the new york times corporation
1: so this whole situation with the daily feed actually highlights two of my favorite features in overcast Hmm. so the first is so for those episodes that come out on uh friday and sunday i haven't i haven't listened to any of those and, and don't really have any intention to And the way that Overcast works with notifications is so every podcast I subscribe to, I I get a notification when a new episode comes out. Hmm. But um, what's great about that is in Overcast, if you um, long press, if you're using your iPhone, or if you just sort of scroll down, if you're on your Apple Watch to the little actions on the notification, in either scenario, you have the option to instantly delete the episode. So it just never shows up in Overcast proper at all, uh, which, you know, for an episode um, that you know you're not going to listen to based on the description or whatever is a, is a quick way just to kind of get it get it out of your queue. Um, I, f-
0: I find the fact that you have notifications turned on for podcasts very, very interesting.
1: I don't really subscribe to all that many in the grand scheme of things. So it, it's, you know, it's not really all that distracting
0: i feel like we've discussed on the show where you're very judicious about notifications
1: well so they also the the podcast notifications also fall into a category that i actually can't even think of another example although i'm sure i have one or one or two other apps set up this way where um my apple watch doesn't like vibrate or my my phone doesn't vibrate when i oh you have the the deliver quietly thing correct yeah so so it's not a not a high priority type notification so anyway, that, that's a convenient feature for the the Friday and Sunday episodes. So then on for Rabbit Hole, which which is actually a, a show that I would like to come back and listen to eventually, that's where um Overcast's playlist come in handy because I the way that I sort of use it is I've got sort of like my main feed, which are shows that I you know actively try to keep up with. Um and then I've got another playlist, which are podcasts that I know I want to listen to, but you know or sort of um behind the the shows that I'm actively listening to. I I creatively call it the back catalog playlist. Um so so rabbit hole has been going in there. Although if I'm being honest, what usually happens is every 6 months or so I go into that playlist, realize I've not listened to anything in it because the podcast dead in my my main playlist has gotten so bad and I end up just deleting everything in there anyway. So But anyway, um, again, two, two great features of overcast.
0: Yeah, I just can't get in. I can't get into overcast, but I still keep it installed and I'm still a yearly patron because I I just love the clipping feature so much, but, uh, interesting. All right. So a couple of the things, so a boy was the first part of this, but, and I, I kind of want to shift
1: into the greater dog economy. Was that acceptable? I, I think, I think it's about all we have left at this point really in the economy are just dogs. That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> well, actually, Ooh, can I, that's a, wow. Okay. That's a, you teed that up perfectly. The dog unemployment is 0% right now because everybody on Instagram is trying to to pimp out their dog and they're trying to get their dog a, a side hustle as, as Travis would say. <laughs> I, so, I so a couple of things here. Um, I, I I sent you, I DM'd you in a thing, uh, a picture. And this this has been basically, um, this is um, not symptomatic. What's the phrase?
1: Don't use that word here.
0: <laughs> what's what's the phrase? This is emblematic. There we go. There we go. Of kind of my entire advertising feed, where it feels like every combination is kind of just, they're like, oh, yeah, people like dogs, right? And they're just using dogs in every single ad possible. And I just sent you a picture of... Um, I mean, cute. Uh, I don't know what is this uh, a poo I don't know what it is, but it's it, it's a cute pupper. And apparently, it's sniffing around at somebody's home um, home New Orleans iced coffee delivery set in an overexposed photo. And the dog looks very happy, but it's every ad features a dog these days, and it feels lazy. Like if it was fun when it was Subaru doing the whole "Hey, the dog family of Goldens is driving their dropping their kid off to school in their safe car and stuff like that," but. Everything else is just dogged all the time, and it feels feels less special.
1: My favorite part about that is you uh, subtly uh, having the little uh, photo critique slipped in there. I liked, I liked that.
0: No, it's because there's the whole aesthetic. Like, let's say <laughs> you somehow, like let's let's pretend like your uh, your special lady friend at one day just decided, like, no, nah, I'm just gonna become like a lifestyle influencer. Your job would basically be to take overexposed photos with your camera because that's what lifestyle Instagram is. Especially just like super overexposed whites at a really, really wide aperture, and you get a partnership with some, like, uh, CBD company, and then everything's great.
1: There there was a a guest judge on (laughs) uh, Chopped Chopped recently, just to get our weekly Chopped mention in, who, I can't think of the person's name, but they're... And when they have a guest judge on Chopped, it'll it'll say the person's name, and then there'll be a brief description of of kind of who they are right below. So usually it's something like restaurateur or entrepreneur, um, something like that. In this case, it was someone who was described as I think it was like a um social food influencer mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it was very very upsetting.
0: Well, yeah these are the these are the dirt bags who have you ever heard of the people who go to and this was before we can go to restaurants this was a while
1: ago. Go where?
0: Uh huh. <laughs> where? Also, uh, put a pin in it and remind me that we're going to talk about Stiller sparkling on on our on our sister show. Um, yeah, there's a thing where like people who like review like who are like Yelp elite or like review stuff on Instagram and like they, they will travel around with little business cards that they give like the hosts so they get free stuff at restaurants. Mm. It's such trash and like it's it's why I just have such disdain and hatred for the whole influencer economy where basically your whole like somebody's whole life is basically just trying to scam free stuff in in with like in a like this weird attention economy where the veiled threat is like I'm going to unleash my all the people that read my like mommy blog or my travel blog or like I assume this is the same thing um if we kind of make it highbrow a little bit, like the points guy, like stuff like that, where there's like people who their entire existence is kind of basically affiliate revenue and getting free shit.
1: Well, not not to go off on too far of a tangent, but I think generally with the points guy, he, I mean, they, they do obviously make affiliate link revenue, but they're they're very, very explicit about it. Like they literally, if they have an article That has affiliate links. It's in like big bolded print at the very top of the article.
0: But I assume every time they travel anywhere, some degree of their travel is comped, or is not just like them cashing in ultimate reward points. Like there's other branding stuff going on, or at least somehow they're getting more than the average traveler would for what they do.
1: Well, Brian, the the main points guy, he he makes it a point to say that I don't know if everything he does, but a lot of what he does, he well I mean he pert in air quotes purchases with his own money but it, it it's a comp- company expense I I presume but it, he's not you know notifying them ahead of time that this is some review or something that he's doing
0: but I assume every but well, I guess my my point is that that the, the like the cottage uh parallel industry to this uh show title um is that there's pe- there's like every large hospitality company, like alongside their social media budget, hires people to like, look at like the travel plans of influencers. Mm. Like I, I know that that has to happen. Like that has to be pretty good ROI where they can pay somebody 80 grand a year to kind of like, like this have, or like to script some database where anytime somebody or Brian, Mr. 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 points goes and, uh, it's gonna be a good show titled uh, episode. um, Mr. Points goes and uh, books a fl- uh, books a hotel again. What was, what was that either um, mm-hmm. in uh, Bermuda or whatever? Uh, and they they know that they have a special guest coming, like me and Pico.
1: So I the the, the one thing that we can that I can send you that'll um, kind of end the the points guy discussion mm-hmm. on a happy note is,
0: is it, uh, God. It see this this goes back comes, to the greater. Di- comes full full circle.
1: Comes full circle. So, uh, you know, Brian Kelly, obviously, someone who I I, it's not an exaggeration to say probably travels 330 days a year. I mean, it's it's kind of insane. And obviously, the last eight weeks has you know he hasn't been traveling at all, which is very very unusual for him. And so he during this time has adopted a very very cute dog named Marshall.
0: That's a damn cute dog.
1: Yeah. Is
0: that a chocolate lab mix of some sort?
1: I don't know exactly um, what type of dog it is, but...
0: Well, it's DM Brian. You guys you guys, you guys are on a first name basis.
1: <laughs> it seems like a good boy, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good pizza ears.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. And then rounding out the dog economy thing. The only other com- complaint, because that's just, I guess, what we're doing right now. Have you? Do you follow uh, dog rates on Instagram? I do. One thing I'm getting bummed out about, which makes dog rates feel less organic, is that almost every time they post somebody, the dog already has a social media account. Mm. I don't know. This is kind of kind of bum. Yeah, it doesn't rub me like I don't feel like it's in, disingenuous, but <clears throat> I don't know. It just it feels weird.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but I, I think it might work because I'm kind of pretty close to ordering a sampler box from Blue Bottle, so I don't know. Maybe that maybe that uh, Maltese totally did it for me.
1: Nice, nice packaging when you buy something for Blue Bottle.
0: Well, that's that's like that's like fifty percent of the price. Their stuff, they're all all, yeah, all their stuffs packaged really cutely.
1: It is. Um, I mean, you know, I've been buying um, lots of different types of cold brew during this time, Carlos. Which maybe we'll get to here soon, and. It's occurred to me during that process just how much more expensive Blue Bottle is than like everything else, because I ha- I have ordered their uh, New Orleans style um, iced coffee kit thing a couple of times uh, in the last few months, and yeah, it's you know it's pretty much double the price of uh, the same amount of coffee made any other way or prepackaged in any other way.
0: And it's coming out of the same factory as Nesquik, so I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so, actually, and that this this actually we'll, we'll 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 end on this. But that's the one other thing that kind of I feel is sneaky and kind of bums me out about Blue Bottle and some specialty coffee companies. Where if you go to, if you go to the Whole Foods and you look at kind of the the fancy coffee section, Blue Bottle seems expensive, but it's even way more expensive when you think that um, like at your standard Whole Foods that section of like where you've got your equator and you've got your fills and verve coffee and all that kind of stuff. Usually for like the 14 to 16 dollar range, you're getting a 12 ounce bag of coffee. Blue bottle is usually sixteen dollars, but it's in the same physically sized bag, but there's only eight ounces eight ounces of coffee in it. And I feel like that's kind of lame. Hmm. Cause, like, Cause you you wouldn't know if you weren't actually paying attention. Cause I'm one of those weirdos that does look at the um uh on the price tag where it shows the cost per ounce so you can kind of do the math on on the back of the napkin or back of the iphone yeah anyway actually do you want to keep talking about coffee do you want to pivot into uh, a couple of coffee reviews i think we should well, let's do it so you tell me about you you've got some uh, a kirkland exclusive and i've got something with uh with oats yes
1: yeah, so i went to costco today and was in the market for some uh, canned cold brew. I kind of I go back and forth between making it at home or just having cans of it readily available. And lately, I've just been skewing towards the um, the canned option. And I I am just running out of my. How did we decide we were going to pronounce it?
0: <sighs> so. I was doing a quality check last week, and I listened to a bit of the episode, and I said "La Colombe," which is what I think it is, but also I can totally see where it could be like "La Colombe" or something. So I don't know. And I and you took you took a, not a bye week, you like you 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 took a something where you you bailed out <laughs> of it, and you you did not even go on the record as how you thought it was pronounced, just to it to hang me out to dry.
1: So so a, a word like that is. T- a textbook example of a situation where... Th- so the word can basically be pronounced one of two ways, right? It can be pronounced literally just how it looks or it can be be pronounced in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And even though e- in theory, I guess you have a 50-50 shot, mm, every, <laughs> every, every, every single time where I think, oh, it, maybe this is just the obvious pronunciation it's it's the other one and then vice versa
0: you miss 100 percent of the words you don't pronounce <laughs> and also you, you said you pronounced pronou- pronunciation in a really weird way
1: well <laughs> uh <laughs> just making a point
0: <laughs> okay that's how we're gonna take it okay
1: so anyway i i've i've run out of that uh previously purchased canned cold brew mm-hmm. and so uh, when I was at Costco today, which is where I had actually originally found that that cold brew, I was looking around to see, you know, what they would have. Which, you know, by the way, n- another little um, layer of the onion here. I love Costco. Uh, actually had a, a very pleasant shopping experience there today. But my number one critique is, well, it's, it's actually twofold. One is you just, like, literally don't know, like, what they're going to have in stock every time you go. Like, cause they just, you know, they just start carrying something and then stop carrying it and then like sometimes bring it back, sometimes never bring it back. But then even like the stuff that they do consistently carry, it's hardly ever in the same location. They're always like moving stuff around. So it's like, it's, it's, it's sometimes difficult to find things. So anyway, I I had some trouble finding canned cold brew today, but eventually stumbled upon uh, Kirkland branded cold brew coffee or uh, 100% Colombian cold brew coffee, I guess is how I should say it here. And this is um, one of those options where there's you know no added milk, no added sugar. It's just literally just coffee, black coffee. And as far as these things go, so I, yeah, whenever I get like just a plain black cold brew, I'll I'll try it just on its own at first, and then you know depending on what I think of it, I'll I'll maybe add in some some milk and sugar. And this was this was pretty good, just just black. One of one of the better ones I've had. And again, no no
0: carbonation whatsoever. Just still black cold brew.
1: Yeah, just like the equivalent of you know a hot you know regular just black coffee, but cold mm-hmm. brew, cold brew. And yeah, I mean nothing nothing to write home about, I guess. But um, but I mean, very affordable. I think it it ends up being like less than a dollar a can or something. So what's the quantity? I think it came with twelve.
0: That's cheap or that i mean that that's that's very usually at costco like doesn't sell anything that's like under 20 bucks if it's a multi-pack so interesting um,
1: yeah no it's um it's it's probably i mean not not incredible but um but you know not not bad
0: yeah trader joe's has a couple of them that i've been meaning to try but i i kind of i i fail to get excited about just plain old cold brew but when it's good it's good and i, and I can totally see the convenience of just having a 12 pack of that in the fridge whenever you're just kind of you're, you and you don't really want to do the whole thing.
1: It's kind of nice too, because in addition to kind of the canned versus making it at home options and kind of going back and forth between those, the other thing that I go in between with cold brew is whether I want it sweetened or unsweetened. Cause sometimes I'm in the mood for something that's more along the lines of like a New Orleans style iced coffee, which is pretty creamy and sugary and then sometimes I literally just want something like a, you know, like just a, literally a black cold brew or, you know, I'll make an espresso with the the Breville machine, something like that. Something that's like totally unsweetened. So I, I kind of go back and forth. So it's nice to have both options at hand.
0: So some real-time follow-up. I did some Googling. And apparently on YouTube, there's uh, from pronouncednames.com. Uh, Cologne is pronounced the way that I think it is however on that youtube video there's a disclaimer this is pronounced names.com. does not guarantee the accuracy of any of the names or pronunciation on this website which <laughs> seems to really be kind of huge like I, it, in terms of i take no responsibility that is what this website is so <laughs> uh but it is copyrighted PronouncedNames.com, and all rights are reserved so what are you gonna do mm-hmm. so uh, going back to the lock um uh, so yeah, there was a thing I was at whole foods and there was, a, there was a line and it was, it was kind of like an exclusive nightclub, but eventually I did get in. They did not have any three, uh, three twins. I keep looking, but yeah, apparently I, I have in my freezer. I have the one last remaining, uh, pint of mint confetti in the Bay area and I don't know when is a good occasion to eat it. So it might stay mm. there until the next power outage and then <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> but yeah, so there was, I sent you a picture of it. Um, there was a whole, and this was going back to the shelf stable thing where I, uh, when I wasn't sure that, like, why is this not refrigerated? Isn't isn't this bad for it? But apparently not. There was a new, uh, version of the draft latte that uh, in big bold letters made with oat milk, and you 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 responded in in uh, what's what's the opposite of the affirmative? <laughs> you, you were you were not you were not you were not jazzed about it. Um, but I I, I grabbed one. and I was like, mm, okay, why not? Um, it's fine. Like I like oat milk. Like whenever I kind of make my fancy pour over coffee, um, I will sweeten it with about three quarters of a little packet of stevia and, um, maybe kind of like a one to eight ratio of oat milk to coffee. And I don't know I tried this. It's fine. It tastes mostly the same as the other one, but it has the same, like kind of like not great aftertaste as the other one so it doesn't solve that issue so i'm not i don't think i'll be buying it again just because um i'm already burnt out on the product that you um because did you get like a multi-pack at costco or what was your situation of finding the draft lattes before
1: yeah originally found at costco and then i ordered a couple more packs just directly from them on their website and that that's what i i just ran out of recently
0: yeah, so I mean it's fine. Like if oat milk, th- like if oat milk is your thing, like the texture is slightly different, and I'd say maybe slightly better. But again, yeah, I just kind of I don't know. Like the the aftertaste is just kind of unpleasant now.
1: So, so this is actually this is actually not the question I thought I was going to be asking uh, after you described this to me. So you you said when you make your fancy pour over coffee mm-hmm. that you use I think you said three quarters of a packet of stevia. Mm-hmm. What happens to the other quarter of the packet?
0: Throw it away. <laughs> what am i gonna do with like do you think i'm gonna save three packets of it and eventually i'm gonna make it up well, like we're not we're not quite in the dust bowl situation in like 1933 but i mean i hope we don't get there but
1: if i'm being honest i actually kind of did think that's what you were gonna say
0: <laughs> and i i'm not like john syracuse so like i or like I, I i'm not doing that kind of thing
1: um okay thank you for Thank you for indulging me there. I like because well, here's what
0: happened is it's, I used to do half a packet and then I, w- I would throw away the other half of the packet, <laughs> but, um, but, but you felt
1: bad about throwing half of it. Away. No,
0: no. It's, it was then I'm like, eh, okay, fuck it. Let's just go a little bit more. Um, kind of like that Padma video. And then, um, eventually, but then I kind of, it kind of goes to the thing where this is a shameful thing I'll talk about where you kind of make, uh, actually not Kind-
1: am i am i am i gonna need to edit this out
0: no it, uh, again i'm not i'm projecting but this is like when one makes a uh, a frozen <laughs> pizza and then in order to avoid eating the entire thing i will like throw out like one and a half slices and i think that's kind of the same thing with the stevia thing where i feel less bad because i'm not eating the whole thing it's not that bad because like it's a trader joe's pizza like even if you eat the whole entire thing it's like 1100 calories it's not the end of the world but it's still not great. So that it's, that's the same concept where I will frequently do that where I will do something to avoid eating the entire package of something. I'm gonna breeze right past that. I
1: feel like we're feel like we're really helping people here. <laughs> um
0: that's fine. Ellie again, people, people people can judge and then they can feel better about themselves. It's fine. I have very few other vices. My only issue is that I will um we will move on from this topic. <laughs> I couldn't even think of a good example, but um yeah, I I have to stop. I had to stop buying um, the ghost pepper potato chips from Trader Joe's because I, I I did not have self restraint.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, so I guess yeah. So to to close out the the oat milk mm-hmm. conversation here, I I'm I'm not hating on on your your dairy choice here or, or non dairy choice as it were, but I'm just I'm not a fan of any of these alternative milks um where I, although i guess actually we'll put that to the test this weekend because um i'm gonna be making a a breakfast over the weekend for uh the lady friend's first mother's day and Ooh. Uh, the recipe that i'm making which may, maybe we'll talk about if it's, if well, it's so let me, let me say is, is this,
0: this a is this a surprise
1: week. no 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 uh, she she picked it out um <laughs> <laughs> and one of the ingredients is almond milk, which she's mm. she's not a fan of of these alternative milks either. So that was we, we're both a little hesitant of that, but it's it's one ingredient in a you know in something that's got lots of other stuff. So
0: as somebody who has tried almost all of the milk alternatives, almond milk is by far the worst. So I would maybe sub that off for some soy milk, regular milk, or oat milk. Almond milk is it, the texture is bad and it doesn't taste like. Um, hmm, that's interesting. where's the recipe from?
1: well, so it's actually it's made in um or it's gonna be made in my instant pot so uh it, it, i have a a cookbook that's just all instant pot recipes so it's in there
0: interesting hmm okay all right and then rounding out still or sparkling caffeinated edition we're gonna make that stick patent patent or trademark trademark yeah um Yeah, I'm kind of proud I got I got a a Snell talk question in this week and uh, that kind of parlayed into our usual topic where that prompted you to say, uh, I know something like, would you say something about like, I know our our shows are sometimes parallel and we rip off stuff from my from like each one. And they totally ripped us off this time. No, that that was actually my question. So
1: well, it's funny, because I, I you know, I don't generally pay a ton of attention to the name of the person whose question it is for Snell talk. So I just I just literally wasn't just paying attention in that brief little moment, and then you know the question got asked, and J- Jason actually gave a I thought a pretty funny answer, um, and then yeah I sent I sent you that message and then you you had said it was from you and I, I think I went back and listened to it like three more times. It was delightful.
0: Well, yeah. So a couple things here. One, I can see how it's easy to miss because again the the British accent kind of might <laughs> makes my name sound not like my name it's cool it's all right uh but also I did like that uh I think Jason's answer was uh it was like store brand Lacroix and that he doesn't want to pay for sparkling water at restaurants which is both which are both great answers because I am known to buy the Target brand Simply Balanced um sparkling water whenever they're out of Spindrift so
1: yeah no hate at all. That was this week's episode, right? I I'm want on, I'm on to put it in the notes here.
0: It was, but again, like I talked about with the Drobo story, like, I don't know, I feel, I've, again, I know we keep joking about time has no meaning, but I, I could have sworn that story happened like eight years ago. But apparently you were right where it was um, from the secret podcast like two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, he gave just a very abbreviated version of the story there. And even at the time had said, I guess, he was saving it for a, a, I think he had said he was saving it for like a slow week of, on upgrade but
0: and it certainly was because we will get to the laptop <laughs> the <laughs> slowest of weeks uh because it's a very unremarkable product the one thing i will mention about that is i don't know if you remember but i used to have a drobo
1: I so so did i
0: wait did you buy my broken one no you had the small one you had the small boy. i
1: had this i had the same one that uh jason had the 5d
0: so i had the drobo 800 it was it was their first eight bay model and I think this happened back when we had just moved out to the Bay area, but that, that piece of garbage totally, it just, it just croaked and would did the same thing where it would only partially boot and just would immediately restart. And it ate, um, a whole, a whole heck, of a lot of my data. And then Drobo tried to pretend the warranty was not valid and it ended up being a whole thing. So yeah, uh, triple quadruple thumbs down to Drobo, if anybody is still thinking of buying that, but I think it's just kind of a brand that's on maintenance mode right now. And if anybody wants that type of thing, they're going for Synology or some type of enterprise um, data provider anyway.
1: So one thing that did stand out to me about his story though is, so I, I now, I haven't, I mean, I sold that Drobo quite a while ago and I now use your old Synology. I think maybe that's what you were thinking of. Um, and it occurs to me that I'm there might be kind of a similar pitfall with a synology in the sense that i have it set up using kind of their proprietary raid 1 thing or what raid whatever number it is where you get the
0: synology hybrid raid with one disk redundancy
1: yeah exactly okay. rolls right off the tongue so if if my if my synology were to ever die i'd be in the same position that jason's in where you know the data is there the hard drives are fine but you just literally don't have a way to read the data unless you replace the the hardware with something from the same manufacturer
0: yeah what would the alternative be
1: true i i I probably would just get another synology but um, i mean
0: just like if they're gonna have any of the advanced like that's the one thing where i will give them a pass but that that is the one thing where i will give like two thumbs down to drobo is like their like raid implementation is just like so insanely proprietary where Synologies is kind of just a vaguely tweaked RAID 5 where it, it is possible to recover a Synology array without a Synology. It's it's not mm-hmm. for the faint of heart but it's still, it's it's way less proprietary than Drobo's. Got it. But yeah, that, that, that totally makes sense where but yeah, you wouldn't really get any of the value adds if it was basically, oh yeah, you just slap the drives in an enclosure and just OS ten would read it or something like that. Right. Yeah. Do uh, you want to breeze through some follow-up? Let's do it. Okay, actually, this was just a, throw, a throwaway thing, but and I actually don't remember. I think when I posted this right after last week's show, you said something about LeBron, and I didn't get the reference.
1: Remember, he um, he was the spokesperson for this car.
0: The car doesn't exist yet. I do not remember that.
1: He was in the Super Bowl ad. We talked about this. I do not.
0: I had not watched the Super Bowl.
1: Thanks for I don't listening. This. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, um, again,
0: one out of every five episodes. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so there was a Super Bowl ad that was basically like the teaser announcement for this Hummer EV and LeBron was in the commercial kind of, you know, announcing himself as the, the spokesperson for this car. So my, my reference was, um, you know, tough, tough stretch here for LeBron with the NBA season being postponed slash potentially canceled. And now, um, this, the official unveiling events for the Hummer EV being, uh, pushed back.
0: Oh yeah, but he's got all that calm money. <laughs> so he he did meditate right through it on, 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 a like in the Lotus position on a bed of cash. So he's, he's doing just fine. Um, anyway, yeah, I did. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I this, this is the, this is the only car that makes me think of Model X as a nice car. Like I, I just, I just have so much ill will towards the Hummer brand, especially us coming from Orange County. We're just like, Everybody with a McMansion had like a Hummer H2 (laughs) in fucking like, what was that hideous yellow color? Like, I mean, those were very common in um, Southern Orange County. So I kind of, it's going to take a lot for the, like Hummer is not a brand like Mustang where Ford is using that for their, um, EV ambitions. I do not think this has the same, um, cachet or, um, like positive brand, uh, affinity that Mustang does.
1: I assume this thing is going to be outrageously expensive, too. Oh,
0: it's going to be ugly as hell and very expensive.
1: That was what I remember about the H2 was... Oh, they were
0: like $80,000 in like 2005 money.
1: And for as big as they were, they actually had these like pretty small interiors. Weird, weird car.
0: Yeah. But the governor of governator liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um what else we got? Uh Actually, I don't remember the story because it was so long ago. Well, what what did, what did NBC, uh, NBC uh NBCU say about uh the whole direct-to-video trolls thing?
1: Well, so you you had Universal coming out touting what a success this uh trolls movies um run was being available primarily just through on-demand digital $20 rentals as opposed to having a full theatrical run. And then, you know, you had like AMC being like, well, fine. We're just not going to distribute any of your movies in the future, assuming that movie theaters ever become a thing again. Um, and so now, you know, Universal's kind of walked back their um, initial statement and, and said that, well, you know, we don't, we don't view this success as being a sign that, um, you know, movie theaters don't have a place we, you know, instead we view having these, um, day and date on demand options being, uh, complimentary was the word, uh, that they used. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know. I, I continue to, to be, um, really interested to see how, um, movie releases, um, change in the future I mean, we, we talked a ton about it last week so no need to, to rehash all of that but um i mean even even something like a situation like this where a movie maybe does come out in theaters but then there is some on-demand option a couple of weeks later or something like that i think would be even that would be a, a pretty interesting big change yeah
0: uh and i just threw a link in the uh dm channel that you can put in the show notes that there was a very and we won't get, go into this too much but there was a very kind of spook not spooky but it was, it was it was a weird and kind of frightening survey from uh the alamo draft house company that kind of runs uh kind of like sort of indie less commercial theaters that have like a full bar and other stuff that people tend people in major metro areas tend to
1: like oh yeah they're they're a combination movie theater and restaurants so kind of tough tough spot right now
0: yeah but people tend to really like them again like i i i i don't because i really if i'm gonna go see a movie in person i just really don't like people making noise and i find that people are kind of noisy in those situations just because of the food and drink aspect to it but yeah they had a whole survey that was emailed out to people where like there were just a lot of um like questions that were practical questions to ask related to trying to make that type of business work in our new reality. And it was really depressing. So I don't know, people can go look at uh, Peter Kafka of, I think he stole the recode. Um, I had a, a few screenshots of what was asked and yeah, it's an interesting data point. All right. The Walt Disney corporation, So on Tuesday, this was, oh God, it was just yesterday. Um, (laughs) On Tuesday, uh, Disney released their earnings where they discussed a number of things. Uh, The broadcast networks were the highlight and were strong because of stay-at-home viewership. Um, I don't know, how do you think parks and cruises
1: are doing? You know, not not well. I'm not a financial analyst, but...
0: You know you know Gene Munster. We'll we'll get to that. Um yes, apparently they were down fi- where where's um where's the C N B C article? I think it was like it was either fifty-eight or sixty-eight percent uh year over year uh, down on parks and um and cruises and kind of their their whole um leisure department. So that was that was a bummer. Um you called out one section of this, which was um a lot of what they had booked their Disney Plus. Associated losses or like expense charges on, where I forget was it like was it like two billion? How much was it for content costs?
1: Yeah, I mean we, I, everybody has you know kind of worked under the assumption that Disney Plus, as it's currently priced, is a is a loss leader. Um, but I, it might have actually been in this New York Times article that we'll also put in the notes, um, where they they actually call out. A specific number that um, is being lost from Disney Plus, and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to find exactly what it was. I think I
0: think it was on CNBC that had more of the direct figures, but mm. um, yeah. Sometimes the New York Times will um they'll just write too much around their stuff.
1: Okay, here we, it is. It is in the it is in the New York Times article. Um, it's a. It's an estimate from an analyst who says that uh, Disney Plus will lose $2 billion this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because they have to account for what the content was actually worth had it been released by the correct channels or whatever the actual like market value it was going to be. So they keep fast tracking all the stuff that was supposed to see like traditional like home video release windows and stuff like that or make more money in theaters or they're Thinking of that as um, a subscription driver, they have to account for that properly. So yeah, that's kind well,
1: of. People, people can I mean, marvel did... at
0: that fifty million subscriber number, but what is the cost of that?
1: Well, I mean, they also, I mean, they they've been putting on a lot of original content there too. Like, I mean, I get that that's that's not the majority of that two billion dollar number, but it's but it's it's something.
0: Have they done much other than the? I know they had the Imagineering thing. They had the Mandalorian. Um, and some, that one thing with Kristen Bell, but did, have they had any other like flagship originals recently?
1: Well, they had that like lady in the tramp movie that was out. They was that, that was like the live action or not, not, not live action. I can't fall into that trap. The, the CGI, the realistic CGI,
0: the Uncounty um, Valley Lion King. E-
1: exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, I mean, I, I don't. You know, I don't keep up with the weekly Disney Plus releases, but I, I, I do feel like I see them announcing new shows and movies for that thing a lot. I mean, I'll, most of it I don't, you know, again, I don't pay super close attention to, but. Yeah. um, apparently, I don't know the other little interesting tidbit um, in this New York Times article um, is that that Disney at-home sing-along thing that I had mentioned that actually kind of ended up like bumming me out. Mm-hmm. It was apparently like this huge success that had like 13 million viewers on ABC, and they've scheduled another one for Mother's Day. <laughs> uh, so you know, yeah, it b- bummed me out, but apparently it's made lots of other people happy. So yeah, but yeah, I, it's um, I mean, I I'm I'm already a bit of a of a Disney fan, as listeners of the show will know. Um, a c- casual Disney fan, I guess I would caveat it by saying um okay i mean i don't know maybe, maybe. i'm not a, i wouldn't describe myself as like a disney super fan are We are
0: we going talk about your may the fourth photo <laughs> Seems seems like you're all in
1: <laughs> she she was pretty cute in that sweater um oh she was not
0: having it for a little bit of it
1: it's like I the was... story of every photo shoot we have but <laughs>
0: Um, I always thought the rebels were the uh, were, were the the guy with the voice box. I, thought, I always thought that was Darth Vader, as he was the rebel. I didn't know that. Um,
1: no, he's he's the Empire, and the rebels are the ones fighting the Empire.
0: That Han, his sister, and or no, it's Luke, his sister, and the robots.
1: Correct. Got it. They D- they prefer to be called droids, but sure.
0: I I I I have PTSD with that. <laughs> one. Disney would do my day job. That was kind of a thing. Anyway. So anyway, um, I
1: I mean, so I mean, what's going to be obviously really interesting to watch with Disney over the next uh, months slash years is going to be (laughs) is, you know, how they're going to get their two big lines of business, their movies or entertainment and uh, travel. Travel slash um, amusement park businesses going.
0: I I I feel like Disney is probably the the like I know how you were kind of bummed about uh, VR being kind of a dud. I think Disney is probably more bummed than anybody else because it feels like the the direct alternative had VR panned out and we had the kind of same situation we're in now they could have had tons of premium content related to or like towards like virtual reality experiences, and I don't think anybody cares about it. So that's that's just. They, for like gigantic segments of their business, they have no options because either they reopen the parks and they're like, oh, we can only accommodate like one fifth of the people we used to, in which case the parks hemorrhage money or like, and who's, who other than Floridians are going on cruises. So I don't think anybody's doing that for the next five years.
1: Well, so that, yeah, I mean, i that that's a that's a really interesting observation with vr and uh, i mean I, i share your pessimism about their their situation now and going forward but i mean the interesting thing that that also happened as part of these um earnings yesterday is that they announced that um disney shanghai is going to be reopening uh next week may 11th which um I had I had heard that the, you know it was going to unquestionably be the first park to reopen globally, but I I mean I had assumed that was going to be some ways off still. Um and I, I don't know, I think it's gonna be really informative to just see how that works because I mean you bring up another really good point, which is I don't I don't think I I think these parks are sort of, you know, They can make money, but only under, like, certain circumstances, one of those being that they operate at pretty near full capacity a lot of the time. I mean, similar to, like, how, you know, restaurants operate.
0: Like, Disneyland doesn't work if you only have one-fifth the cast members.
1: No. Well, I don't don't even necessarily think it could work that way. Like, if you had one-fifth the number of guests, I don't really think that means you can have one-fifth the staff, just from, like, a like regulations requirement about like how many ride operators you have to have and janitorial services, which actually in this day and age, you probably have to have an increased staff around um, that side of the park. So I, I just, and like, you know, they um, I'll put this in the notes. They Disney talked a little bit about sort of like how the process is going to work and, you know, one of the things they show is like, they're literally going to have markers on the ground, like when you're standing in line, how far away you're supposed to be from the group in front of you and behind you. And I mean, I don't know, thinking about some of the lines at Disneyland, like, it's just, it's hard to imagine, (laughs) hard to imagine them making that work, especially because it's like, it's actually one of the things that like Disney is sort of known for is they have the the lines that kind of zigzag in and out. So you're, you know, compacting just like tons and tons of people who are waiting in line into as small of a space as possible because you don't want your amusement park, you know, basically just overrun with lines.
0: Well, all they have to do is they just have to adapt the fast pass and find a way to take that experience curbside where they just bring like, <laughs> you? like, uh, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Daffy, the duck and Darth Vader. And they just come and they stand outside of Best Buy, and you just have an experience right there.
1: So you you're actually joking, but you're actually onto something that they are doing. What? Which, which no, is, this is um, so this isn't sincere. B- so before b- before our our current situation, back in uh, I think it, well, it was December in in Florida, and it was January in uh, Disneyland in California, where there was this big new ride that opened in the galaxy's edge area the star wars land area um and i mean anticipation for the ride was really high and so what they did was they introduced this they called it their virtual queue system and the way it worked was when you showed up at the park in the morning you you basically checked in to say like hey i want to i want to ride this ride and you were given like a like a boarding pass type thing which basically like told you when to like when your turn would be to then start standing in line
0: that's that's what a fast pass was
1: um well this is a little bit different because fast passes um would be for like coming back within a specific time window and usually only like a couple of hours out this virtual queue thing was like you weren't you weren't signing up for a specific time, which I maybe I kind of implied that that's what was happening. But no, you just you you sort of to say, hey, I want to ride this ride, and then based on the number of people and when those people sign up to enter the virtual queue, they sort of dynamically call people over to say, okay, like it's now your turn to come over here and like stand in line.
0: Is this smartphone app based, or is this based on the Magic Band?
1: No, it, it's in the it's in the 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 app, yeah.
0: Does this like link up with contact tracing for once this opens up?
1: I I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's not a sincere
0: question. Don't worry about it.
1: Um, well, I, it, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I, I don't know. The we'll, we'll question is not a
0: sincere question.
1: Um, so anyway, so w- one of the other sort of th- thoughts is that they, when Disney World and Disneyland eventually reopen, they they might start doing that like for all rides. They might just say, you know, don't just go stand in line somewhere like we'll we'll tell you when you can come over and stand in line as a way of <laughs> as a way of minimizing uh line sizes, which i mean they're just they're gonna have to do right because if they take their existing uh lines or cues as as you would say and
0: yep me and Mike mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and now you're telling groups they have to stand six feet apart i mean they they i mean those areas have to take up a ton more space so you just you know. You just have to have fewer people in those lines at any given time. So
0: they can just demo the teacups and then that frees up tons of space.
1: But I mean, I, I'm, I'm also with you, which I think is the other big part of this, which is I just, I, as much as I enjoy Disneyland and theme parks and, and all of that, like I could not possibly imagine myself going going right now. Like even if they did open tomorrow, um, and I, I I guess there are enough people who would. But um,
0: we've we've covered this where you were the one that was special. I mean your your you're, your party line has been fairly uh, consistent throughout most of this, but I was one of the one, uh, ones who was less doom and gloom about this. Kind of coming around to your point of view, and yeah, I just kind of feel like until like until there's a widely deployed vaccine like just a lot of these just seem like too just too risky and just not just not worth it
1: well yeah and i and i you know i i like to think anyway that i'm generally pretty rational about the situation we're in where like you know going to costco today like yeah i'm i'm definitely more careful maybe than i've been in the past but like it's not like i'm worried about going to costco um whereas like going to a theme park, I mean I mean actually even under normal times like, you know, theme parks, you know, you want to you want to bring some hand sanitizer, let's say. Um <laughs> and like, you know, now it just would that would not be a place I would feel comfortable in.
0: Welcome to my world.
1: And there there's so many other like more detail questions I have too around like rides where they, there's a few rides they have where you know, you're you're basically like in this little car thing, and you're like shooting a laser or something like that. You're touching something, mm-hmm. which is like how how are they going to manage that? Are they is somebody going to come and like wipe the thing down between every use? Like, well,
0: it's, it's, I mean, that that's the thing where it, it, like even your whole like the whole line thing you're describing that feels like that takes away like the fun of it. Like, it, like it, whether if you have somebody like if you have like a whole bunch of cast members like to talk about this in the Disney parlance, like all there with a bunch of like Lysol wipes and stuff in between guests like that feels like that takes away kind of the experience. So then how is this still fun? Like why is somebody paying $200 for this experience? And that's not a fault of the Disney corporation. That's that just, that just sucks.
1: No, I mean, and, and I not, not to keep like bringing up this like Costco trip today, but I mean, I, I'm not going out a lot, Carlos. So, you know, but... <laughs> this, 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 this
0: is your, this is like <laughs> you going out to the club.
1: I mean, you... it, it it really is. Yeah. Club, um, yeah. Price like, club, yeah, like, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not a normal vibe in there. Like, it's just, I mean, everybody's wearing a face mask. Everybody's keeping their distance. It's, it, everybody's, you know, just basically getting what they need and, and getting out. Like it, the, the, the vibe is just not, I mean, not that like Costco is, I mean, it's not some like, um, amusement park, but it's, you know, no. it, I
0: mean. Not to bring up Florida again, but were you, were you not somebody who got there early and kind of grazed and lo- looked for the free sample line?
1: Well, but I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean, there like actually that, is... that's
0: dead. Th- those times are gone. That 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 was from a halcyon era long ago.
1: Yeah, I, I so so yeah. I mean, I the, the point here being like even something like Costco, like the vibe is just somber. I would say, yeah. Which you know, when you're grocery shopping, like okay, no big deal. But like, yeah, if you're spending all this money. To go to an amusement park looking to have you know a fun time, it's I just don't see how you're gonna gonna have that now,
0: well, isn't Costco an amusement park you pay sixty dollars a year to get into <laughs> ninety five if you're an executive black uh gold star member
1: it's a it's a lot lot cheaper than getting into a Disney park, you betcha.
0: And then to round this out, because somehow this was still related to Disney, because we're some, st- somehow still in follow up, we're, we're going to speed this way up. Uh, Trader Joe's bums me out recently, but I will give a shout out to both the Larkspur and the Santa Fe Trader Joe's, where they're still moving the mascot around, which I think is a good touch, even though things suck and people seem stressed out, and it's it's just kind of a bummer, the whole thing. Like they're they're doing the best to sanitize and crowd control and do all this kind of stuff, but it just sucks
1: uh do you just do you mean just experience wise like lines and
0: no no it, like it doesn't it doesn't suck like I, again and that's this is not to fault the employees at all because i think they're doing the absolute best they can but it's just i don't know like tra- like trader Joe's always used to be like a super fun experience and now just like you're standing six feet apart there's a 10 minute wait to get in the store like everybody's like like i still can't necessarily get over the mask thing like i understand why it's necessary but it just feels like weird and foreign and just kind of just pressing just inherently, like of what the reality is. Um so I don't know. It's just kinda it, it it's it's kind of a huge bummer. It's 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 less fun. But the I don't know the, the the team members or the crew members uh at Trader Joe's are they're they're doing great, but they're still they're still moving the mascots. Rosie and I forget the name of the um the Larkspur mascot, but they're they're still moving them around and that's fun for the kids.
1: The the thing that they the last thing about this Costco trip today, um they had an employee who, whose task it was to walk around with a with a megaphone, and she wasn't directly talking to the megaphone. It, it was one of those ones that I guess you could like pre-record something in, into, and then it it would it would you know play out that audio, and it was a loop. Um, explaining how you know you needed to be wearing a face mask and you were asked to keep your distance whenever possible, and yeah, this employee just had to walk around the store and and uh, and do that
0: I really want to find out a way to travel back in time and explain shit to people two months ago like this this like no because that's the thing again, going back to Whole Foods, we're just like on the intercom in between like covers of adult contemporary soft rock music it's just things about standing six feet apart and like it's we're all in this together and it's it's fucking depressing yeah um so disney mm-hmm. <laughs> uh who knows the who knew grocery stores would be the height of uh people's social experiences all right we're gonna turn through two things real real fast okay so i'm um, gonna talk about my echo show eight real quick
1: uh, yes, we, we meant to get to this last week and uh, had to bring it into the uh, lost carry forward or carry over from the prior week.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think I talked a while ago where... So I've got three Echos in my house. I've got um, an Echo Plus, whatever the second generation of the standard Echo is, that lives on the stump. And then I've got two Echo spots, one that lives in the kitchen and one that lives on my nightstand table. And And you... Uh, have described my apartment as cozy, which means very <laughs> small. You uh, so so it it's uh, it's 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 a small one bedroom. In, it's co- it's
1: in, cozy, one might say.
0: Um, in, you know, in a very expensive metro area, so you know, we're we're going with that. Um, but I had like I think like a one and a half Black Fridays ago, I had bought on a whim a Google Home Hub, and this was before Google thought it necessary to. Rebrand all their smart home stuff under Nest. So it's now all the Google Nest Home Hub, which just rolls off the tongue. So now that I am um, not able to leave my house or like that I'm just home uh, all the time, uh, I'm at my desk more often and I'm somebody who thrives or maybe not thrives. I, I, I use timers as a crutch. And now that I'm at my desk literally all the time, I was using the Google home hub to set timers a whole bunch. And here's the thing. And this is, this is the ultimate first world problem. It is really confusing to have to say, to remember to say, Hey Google, instead of Alexa. Nope, please don't. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and I, so at that point I was like, I like that form factor for my desk. I like that. It's just like a digital picture frame that can set timers for me. But the fact that having to remember which part of my house I'm in which um voice assistant command to use was not great. So the Echo Show 8 was on sale for $99 and I just I got one and it's fine. I sent a picture to you. It's really um deep, like just dimensions wise, like it's very big. Like uh on the front, like you won't be able to tell, but it's very bulbous in the back. But like it's it's fine. Um I did send one other picture that you uh don't put that in the show notes. But um showing the screen of it. Uh let me see if I can pull up the picture.
1: Is this the one with your bottle of Advil in it?
0: Yes. Yeah, well there there's always a bottle of Advil on the table. But yeah, that was one I think it has a picture of a Case India and a um and a bottle of Advil. Um so there's one part about it there's there's one part about it that I hate. And one thing that kind of, kind of is, is unavoidable but kind of bums me out or is kind of annoying. So one on that picture that you can see the biggest complaint that I have about it, which do you see at that bottom on the Echo Show screen where it says, try quote unquote Alexa, whatever, whatever, whatever. So you can like all of the Echoes that have a screen on them have like just this rotating carousel of just trash and garbage. And you can turn off almost all of it but you cannot turn off that rotating carousel at the bottom of example commands. And because it's at my desk, I don't know why, even though like it doesn't flash on screen, it like gently fades out. I find that super distracting and there's no way to turn it off. So that's it. I mean, I don't know. It's fine. It's good. Um, I think the echo shows have come a long way. I like it. um, And it's nice to have like an echo with a screen on it just because you can visibly see your timers. The only other problem is because it's in uh, my uh, like little like miniature office, which is in a corner. Like basically if I'm anywhere, like literally anywhere in my apartment, 80% of the time the echo show at my desk will answer. Even if it's Mm -hmm. not the best echo, just because the way like audio just travels around my apartment, it just kind of always ends up in that corner. And I'm finding the wrong echo answers a lot of the time. And that's frustrating, and I can't. I don't think there's a toggle
1: for sensitivity. We we run into that too. So we we have a couple of um, echoes through the house. Well, we have a a couple of Sonos ones, which which have the lady in a can integrated, and then a a standalone little um, it was an Echo Mini or whatever in the in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, same kind of experience where you know it, it's it's supposed to. Um, it's supposed to, um, recognize the device that's closest to you, but, you know, I mean, our house isn't very big. So like, if we're in the living room, it's cozy. Exactly. (laughs) Um, when we're in the living room that has one of the Sonos ones in it, it's not uncommon for the uh, Sonos beam, which is in the family room that also has the lady in a cam built in for that one to, to be the one that tries to respond um, or vice versa if you're in the family room. So yeah, they, they kind of need to, to iron that out still.
0: Well, and the thing is like, it works. Like I can see both echoes. Like I can see the echo on, sometimes it's all three. So I can see the echo on the stump, the one on my desk and the one in the kitchen. Like I can be in my kitchen cooking and I can ask it to set a timer and it goes through like two walls and somehow my desk echo starts talking I'm like, what? how is this even a thing? but like they all light up and like the other ones once it decides which echo it thinks should be the foremost one like they stop listening so it, it like it's working but it's just the position of it where just like i guess just based on the walls like it, this echo really loves to be um it's 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 the Kobe it like it, it is it 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 always wants the ball
1: that's <laughs> fair that's fair yeah um so i guess so real quick follow up question here Why not just use your Apple watch?
0: I do that too, but I, I I do that too. It depends. Different, different cases. Like when I'm at my desk and I kind of want to make sure I'm not spending too much time on a project, I will just say, like I said, uh, Alexa set a timer for an hour and a half and it'll just go from there. Whereas if it's on my watch, a lot of times, again, I just, I just have a, a bad productivity crutch of setting timers to stay on task and i will generally use my ri- my apple watch for timers that are brief like um between 5 and 30 minutes and i will use an echo for ones that are longer and there's no good explanation for that it's just how the way i'm broken
1: hmm okay
0: yeah anyway so it's fine i i give it uh one and a half thumbs up like i mean it's fine it's an echo it's got a screen on it, it it's it is whatever sound quality is is, is very poor it it sounds like a Beats product where it's like just all bass, like it's it's
1: not great. All about that bass.
0: Yeah, she turned out to be problematic. <laughs> like everything else. All right. Um, a couple quick hits. Tesla is gonna make um the self driving hardware in its car a subscription. Fine, whatever. I mean, I guess. I'm I'm curious as to when they think they're gonna introduce this, since the car is never gonna be self driving. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm um I think I made this joke um offline online with you where I, something I I could kind of see them do doing is basically like just pulling a pulling a trump and just like basically declaring victory before um they had actually rolled out what any rational person would call full self-driving. Like I, I could I could totally see so they're going to
0: disband uh, the the self driving software task force. <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, like I mean, the the joke that I had kind of made to you was like, you know, what if they just roll out the um, the the traffic light thing that we've mentioned a couple of times recently, and then basically just be like, yep, they hit hey, the car's self, full self driving now, we're done.
0: As long as the car, when you use Tesla Summon, hits less than three other objects on the way to <laughs> you, to your location well it's good enough
1: I, i've got a i got a funny story tesla story for you so i I just got an update in my model three
0: mm-hmm. bricked or unbricked?
1: <laughs> unbricked sorry too soon too soon um so yeah I, i've talked a couple times about how there's the the different versions of the autopilot hardware in the cars and how my my car has autopilot hardware version two and they've since come out with version three, and that the version three is in all cars made, I don't know, starting a year ago or something. Uh, and, and that's the version that a car is going to need to ultimately you know, be full self driving, in, in air quotes. Um, so, anyway, what's already started to happen is that some features that roll out, some software features that roll out, are dependent upon having this autopilot hardware version three so the 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 traffic light thing you you have to have version three of the autopilot hardware in order for that to run um so like you know my car you know my car wouldn't be able to to do that so i don't know six months ago or something they added an update where in the uh, driving visualization on the screen where it shows like the lane markers and things that started being able to show traffic cones. But at the time when they rolled out that update, you needed to have this version three autopilot hardware in order for that to to work. So my car didn't start showing traffic cones. Well, evidently they've since figured out a way for my um, old Version two hardware to be able to show traffic cones because I I got an update that's like hey your car can now show you traffic cones in the driving visualization. Well, so now every single stray object on the side of the road, it now thinks is a traffic cone. So as I'm as I'm driving, which I'm not doing very much of right now, but when when I do, like when I went to the Costco today, um, everything on the side of the road is a is a traffic cone, which is kind of amusing.
0: So I guess I'm sorry. What what is the use? Like, what, is it just? Is it supposed to alert you to construction zones? So like, what is practically the use of
1: this? Um. Well, it's it's just sort of a driving visualization. So I think part of it's just literally visuals. But I I guess yeah. Like if if you had, I mean, I, again, I haven't been in a situation to to test this since it's rolled out. But I guess if you have autopilot enabled on the freeway. And you're in a lane, which then gets traffic coned off. I guess it could respond to that. I'm I'm not really sure. Again, I haven't I haven't had a chance to test this, and I if I ever was, I'd, I'd be very cautious about <laughs> about trying that. Yeah.
0: All right, um, we're going to condense the Apple stuff into like three minutes, mostly just to tease a topic for next week. And then we're going to kind of we're just going to put a moratorium on the world where there's going to be no news for next week. So we can talk about the other half of the stuff we didn't get to Mm -hmm. deal. Deal. All right. So on Apple on Apple on Tuesday, Tuesday, Monday, someday this week, uh, Apple released their earnings. Uh, That was
1: that was last Thursday. But last Thursday. Close enough.
0: Uh, Whatever. It's all all same thing. It's year 2022. Whatever. Um, they released earnings and iPhone revenues missed a little bit, but overall everything was fine. Services are now 23%. Did I make that up?
1: It sounds about right.
0: Where, where, where's, where's Snell's charts? Uh, six with a U. Um, so yeah, so they, there we go. So 58 billion in revenue services are 23% now eclipsing the sum of both the Mac and the iPad. What's a computer. An iPhone is now 50% of, um, revenue were, uh just a few years ago it was um over 70% so that's pretty interesting uh revenues on iPhones dropped a bit um Mac and iPads were down like, there's a lot of good charts you can and you'll have you'll drop a link to um Snell's coverage and maybe a related New York Times or CNBC article Uh, But, I mean, so that was fine. Uh, They are going to reevaluate opening stores, which may happen probably in super late May, probably June. Um, And they're going to do it on a locality basis. But the exciting news in Apple land this week, or since the last time we recorded, is there is a brand new MacBook Pro that gives everything to everybody and answers everybody's hopes. Fair to say? Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a new 13-inch MacBook Pro um, it's just like the new 16-inch MacBook Pro. They just kind of reduced it. It's got a new 14-inch screen in the same small form factor. They've fixed the keyboard reliability issues. It's got awesome new speakers, uh, improved webcam. It's got uh, 4G in it. It's going to be upgradable to 5G. It's got an SD card slot. It's got everything I want. And it's pretty good. And um, and then also, oh, I, I uh, none of that happened? Okay. So Apple released a new 13-inch MacBook Pro that's the same as the, as the fucking old one, except it has a keyboard that's not going to break, I guess. And I bought one because I want a keyboard that's not going to break.
1: In the ongoing saga of the Mac lineup just being kind of a confusing mess, you know, like it feels like we everything was leading up to this moment with with you know the the 16-inch updated MacBook Pro rolling out at the end of last year with the updated keyboard, new design. It seemed like that was gonna be like the the start of Apple finally updating and, and clarifying the Mac lineup. And then that even actually continued with the updates they made to the MacBook Air with the magic keyboard. You know, that was clearly cemented as like the entry level Mac. It already sort of unofficially was, but this this really sort of put that in the you know nine ninety-nine intro spot. And then you know like the next logical thing to do was going to be to bring all of the updates at at for the larger size Macbook pro into the the smaller size and that's just not what they did. they instead just took basically the same machine as you said and you know put a put a new keyboard in it and then if if you get a higher end enough configuration, you can at least get some some updated processors but you know, same same design. Um and it just it, it puts it puts the Mac lineup and I guess specifically the MacBook Pro lineup just in a really weird spot where in a lot of ways it doesn't even make sense for the 13-inch and the 16-inch to share the MacBook Pro name together because they're entirely different machines. Like it's not just screen size, it's they're just like literally different computers really
0: Eh, okay so so a few things here so i i think you're you're partially right with that i still think because it has the touch bar even though nobody wants it um and because you get the the four ports and you have the option of getting a quote like it so stepping back a second so i i got one just because my 2017 13 inch retina MacBook pro that i got in uh summer 2017 keys are getting a bit crunchy sometimes uh the n and e keys decide they're just they're 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 being furloughed for a little bit and there's there's over it and it's just kind of it's kind of a huge bummer that that it doesn't really work so i ended up getting the new one so the the benefits of the new one are that it does um it does have the 10th generation intel core processors it, it gives you a quad core in a form factor that didn't have that option before like mine is a Three gigahertz dual core. And this one's going to be a 2.3 gigahertz quad core that turbo boosts up to 4.1 or something. And also for me, I was having issues where um, on both my 5k iMac from 2015 and this laptop, I had gotten the 500 gigabyte capacity versions and I frequently run into being out of space. And since you can't really upgrade it on either device, some guy gets stuck. So it felt like it was time to get a new one. And because it's not upgradable, I just went for the two terabyte one and, um, just called it a day. So it should be like a worthwhile upgrade and the performance difference is going to be substantial, but yeah, it is a huge bummer where like, it feels like a really phoned in update. Like, and I guess I'm glad they did it, but it just feels like why not? Because you are right where there's just now this like pretty huge Delta in between these two models that do share the same product line name. um, and it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So sure, the performance parity has been kind of driven up with the newer processors, but yeah, you don't, you don't get the, um, the nicer speakers or a whole lot of the other affordances that were, um, iterated with the 16 inch version. And it just doesn't feel like they're going to uh, update it for a very long time. Cause like, they're not going to just have this out for six months and release a new one. So does that mean the 13 inch just kind of, there's that huge disparity for like two years?
1: Well, and just to just to drive this point home, like I'll I'll send you um, a screenshot in the thing here when you when you go to to buy a MacBook Pro, like the the first option that you're presented with is just simply choosing your screenshot screen screen size between 13 inch and 16 inch, and you know had they made the updates that I think a lot of people were expecting where the 13 inch would maybe even become like the 14 inch now and, and have the same kind of visual design as the 16 inch, you know, get the increased speakers, thermal management, all that good stuff. Then this would make total sense, but it's just, it's really weird framing to have this one Lineup of computers that on the face you're just differentiating differentiating between screen sizes, but then when you get into the details of, they're just totally different machines. Um, so again, it it just it it it's just another example of what's been true with the Mac lineup for years now, which is it's it's just confusing and explaining the differences between the different machines is just it's more complicated than it should be. There should just be a clearer naming convention across the line um, making it so that you can actually more clearly differentiate what the differences between these computers are.
0: Yeah, I I get that point, but I actually do think it's gotten simpler ever since they discontinued the the MacBook 1, the 12-inch that that was super underpowered. Because basically now it's MacBook Pro or MacBook Air.
1: It's gotten better, but it's still just not where... um, it needs to be, and we haven't we haven't even mentioned the fact that like this this new 13 inch MacBook Pro is the same um, as the last time that they revved it, where it's actually two different machines depending on your config, because the two the two lower end configs they only have the two USB C ports. In this case, they still have the the older Intel processors. But then now with the two higher end configs, you you still get the four USB C ports, and now you get the higher end Intel processor. So it's it's you know it, it's it's almost like two different computers under the same name, which is also just kind of confusing.
0: Th- that that point, I would definitely agree with. Where I I feel like there shouldn't be like the low-end 13-inch MacBook Pro shouldn't really exist because people who are buying that should probably just get a MacBook Air because at that point there isn't enough differentiation for that to matter. Right. That 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 I totally agree with. The the differences of the high-end 13-inch MacBook Pro and the 16-inch, I do think that it's a bummer that they didn't uh, migrate or cascade down a lot of those features, but I do think they are um, contemporaries. But um, no, you're totally right where what used to be called the MacBook Escape it's still existing now that they've made the MacBook Air like a competent mid range or entry level to mid range computer doesn't make sense. Anyway, so that'll be here on Friday. I the one thing I did not consider that and also that I'm I'm bummed about is I totally forgot that this will mean I have to go to Mojave, which apparently I from what I hear is still kind of a buggy mess.
1: Ooh, I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Mm. <laughs> and wait, wait, you said Mojave, isn't it?
0: That's Mojave. I didn't. I didn't say it like Craig. Isn't it Catalina? What's what's the new one? I I my my iMac is still on El Cap. My my iMac is still on High Sierra.
1: My Mac is on Mojave. So yeah, Catalina is the the new one. So you so you'll be on you'll be on Catalina.
0: Isn't that where the Queen Mary used to go in San Clemente <laughs> or whatever?
1: Uh. Anyway. <laughs> So, so remind me. So you, so this config you buy. I just,
0: I, I basically maxed it out. Other than the four terabyte SSD, so I got the.
1: So you, you got the, you got the highest end config, and then sort of customized it from there.
0: Yeah. So I got the two point three gigahertz quad core processor, thirty two gigs of memory, two terabytes of space, and um, that's it. Got it. Again, it's it's worth it. I need it. I mean, I use my laptop a lot. You made not a sorry. I was gonna say not a good point. You made a f- fair point. I I push back on it, but you're like, oh, does do you actually need this now? Because like nobody's leaving their house, and I would say yes. And I guess my point because that that is a valid um bit of pushback that I would say that the reason I would get it now is that it's not going to get any cheaper ever. So why not? Like, if I'm going to get it anyway, like, I just really don't think they're going to release, like, the 14-inch MacBook Pro or, like, a fully revved version of this in, like, six to nine months. At that point, just, like, why even bother? So I figured, like, if it's going to be this price, like, just screw it. Why not? Just get it now?
1: Well, the the context of my question, in addition to me just being a pessimist about (laughs) our current situation was also um around the fact that I I do see more and more sales on Mac hardware so I was thinking that you know maybe you could just wait for one of those but but you made the point that those sales generally aren't custom configs like you did so I, I i think you're you're probably right in that your your particular build out you you wouldn't get a deal on
0: yeah something I like a cto doesn't really like i'm not gonna be able to pick up a sale on black friday at best buy or something and then also one of the benefits of working for a mega corporation is that there, there's a purchasing agreement where i don't know like i get like eight percent off so that that wouldn't apply if i got it somewhere else so
1: yeah whatever um something that also is, I think, a bit interesting is that so this came out on Monday, right? And you you put in your order, I think like that night or early that next morning, who, who's keeping track. Um and it shipped in like eight hours. I know. Which and, is you're, weird. and you're gonna you're gonna get it Friday. So I that that has to imply that, you know, they been they basically on this. Well that slash they, you know, it, it's not bill to order. It's they basically, I guess, build out a certain number of basically every configurable option and then you know ship out when people
0: maybe i mean uh, yeah probably just because there's just like there's not that many like what, what's what's the math term like there's just not that many options permutations look at you wow way mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. that was not one of the top three things i making, was gonna say
1: making up for my um
0: pronunciation yes yeah, so, mm-hmm. yes that's that's in the show notes or that's in the titles <laughs> um yeah, I was gonna say factorial, and that's not it. That's the one where it's like nine exclamation mark. Um Yeah. Anyway, so that that, that makes sense maybe just because yeah, the only things you can really customize um processor RAM and storage. And I think my combo probably is fairly common, like of because there's only two RAM options and who who is buying a four terabyte SSD? Nobody. Um anyway, arrives on Friday. Um I'm very nervous because I don't think because I, I, I'm not quite Mike, but I do have stickers on my laptop. And there was a sticker that I got that is the, um, actually, I think it's the Snell Talk logo, or no, it's um, one of them where it's kind of the NBC Peacock, but it's IMAX. And I got it at the Relay meetup, I think at 2017 WWDC. And I don't think I have a second one of that. And I'd be bummed if I can't, if I don't have a good sticker for, to cover up the Apple logo.
1: And you've only got one shot at putting it on.
0: Yep. Hmm. We'll see. TV continued for next week. All right. Chef specials?
1: Yeah. Um, so I've mentioned um I think I've mentioned it a couple of times actually on the show that, you know, one of the small little joys I've been um taking advantage of here at home is ordering different fun types of like beer and whiskey and things. Um, with, you know, with an emphasis on trying to buy from like local businesses um, and, you know, on account of the fact that I'm not going to restaurants and bars, which would be normally the places that I get to try different cocktails and things, um, you know, ordering in these different beers and whiskeys to have at home has kind of been the the alternative to that. And so I know you're not a beer guy, but I'm going to hit you with a uh, recommendation that I actually think even you would like. Um so this is from Firestone which is one of the one of the breweries that I've I've ordered from in the last month. Is
0: that the one that's in like the Central Coast?
1: It is. Yeah. So it's on it's it's um
0: like near Paso Robles or something.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um so I I ordered a handful of different beers from them a while ago and I um had this one um that I just linked you to uh, this past weekend. Uh this is their Bretta Rosé. Um, and it's a, um, it's a wild ale with, uh, raspberries, um, comes across as kind of like a sour beer, um, which I don't know if you've really had before, um, mm-hmm. uh, but very, very sort of fruit forward. Um, and it was really, really good. Very refreshing. Um, I think, yeah, something that even a kind of a non beer drinker like you would really enjoy. Um and they have they have you know a handful of different um kind of varieties of this that they, they make with different types of uh fruit. So I actually have a couple of a couple of others um that I'm waiting to try and after having this this first one I'm I'm excited to to try those too.
0: Neat. I'm Still waiting on you to buy a whole bunch of that. I think it's called Three Town Cider and uh to you take all the pineapple ones of the variety pack and just you leave all the um Apple juice once for me, and that one. Would... <laughs> there be some type of uh, bundle synergy there.
1: Uh yeah, they we're well, we're getting into uh Two Towns Cider House. Um
0: Oh, I think I was I was doing a crossover between
1: three twins and two towns. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh we're we're getting into kind of that season. That it's a that's a very like warm... Oh, is that a seasonal wine or beer? No, no, I mean not no. I mean you can find it year round. I but I just mean in the sense that like Oh it's
0: a summer beverage. On a,
1: on a cold, like rainy day, I don't crack open a, a, a cider. Um it that's it's best enjoyed on kind of yeah, a, a warm sunny day so got it
0: all right so i will actually follow this up with a uh also a uh tangentially related food pick so these are pretty great so, so these are from trader joe's so it is a the official name is brownie coffee crisp ice cream sandwiches oh
1: my god this is like all of my favorite things in one.
0: The, this is this is a very buzzwordy this is like a very salesforcey product name they um so basically, it's two very, very thin brownies sandwiching a bunch of coffee-flavored ice cream there, and they've also got chocolate chips in it, and it they're reasonably sized where one... Like, they look bigger than they are in this uh, Trader Joe's picture, but they're, um, yeah, not too much, like, appropriately sized for one person. Um... Actually, we're going to skip over the part where I was going to explain how I eat it because people have issue with the way I eat ice cream sandwiches, so we'll maybe save that for another episode. <laughs> but um, knife and fork, it's its how you're supposed to do it.
1: Oh. Okay, so... We'll, we'll save it.
0: <laughs> so these are very, very good. I think people should have them now that Three Twins' mint confetti is um, no longer um, a going concern. But yeah, they, these, these are pretty bomb. They make up... Trader Joe's used to have awesome uh, s'more ice cream sandwiches uh that got discontinued unfortunately so these are the next best thing so keep them as your quarantine dessert treat
1: man i i i love brownies i love coffee ice cream i really enjoy ice cream sandwiches
0: ticks off all three trifecta sure does it's a hat trick